about the Messi thing? Anything else on the Messi front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This messy thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 90 of the Better Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, and alongside me, I have, as always, Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? Listen, we're preparing, baby. We're preparing. It's going to be game time this Saturday. I mean, listen, game after game after game, like three days spans of 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 being able to just get another game. And, and I mean, this is I love it. I love it. I mean, I love Give it me for more. us, but um, I'm a little worried. As far no, the as, players are probably dying. Yeah. The, this, I mean, they've been going the whole month with League's Cup and now they got basically a game every other day, like every three days or so. For the next yeah. six weeks or so so it's definitely going to be a tough run but the regular season is finally here we've been talking about the 12 games left and the chances that they have of making the playoffs and i mean what a way to start we're going to start on the road in new jersey and against what most people would agree on the peskiest team in the league right it's yes. constant pressure and they've been doing it so well for so long no matter what players they have in that system they just continue to be that pesky team that nobody wants to play against. But again, that's how we're going to start our return to the regular season. So without further ado, we bring on our guest, Mr. Mark Fishkin from Seeing Red Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, Living the dream. We got messy. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. It from your intro, it certainly seems like it's been a journey for you. Oh, we, oh, we hated it. We hated talking about Messi because that was the constant theme for over a year. And we're like, we, we don't even, we would refuse to talk about it. People bring it up in the chat. We don't want to talk about Messi unless it happens. But man, it was all worth it because at some point we thought it would happen. And then it just dragged so long. We just didn't want to talk about it anymore. But it's great. We'll now. talk about it now, though. Oh, uh, all, all, yes. day. <laughs> all day. Well, now, now we can talk about it without feeling like we're jinxing it or before we're just drilling it into the ground and in everybody's headsets, you know? Yeah. Yep. So uh, first question before we get into the actual game. Yep. Tickets. Yeah. It's been, it's been wild, uh, especially in road games, because obviously we're home. So we have opportunity to see him for the next two and a half years. Right. When he goes off on the road, you know, you have one or two chances a year to watch him. And I'm assuming in New York with the heavy South American population, that the tickets are hard to come by. What are the tickets looking like over there for, in Red Bull Arena? Yeah, I mean, first of all, there are just simply more human beings in, well, in that also, the New sure. York metro area and more yeah. soccer fans, uh, regardless of where you are. I think you That's want true. to see the best player in the world. Um, I'll tell you that I, I was able to part with my tickets for north of $500, for Saturday night's match. And I will tell you that I think still I saw that the most expensive ticket as of the other day was, uh, I'm sorry, the least expensive ticket was about 450 bucks um, as of yesterday. But there are tickets for sale that are going for a thousand dollars plus for Saturday night. Now, I think the big question that a lot of fans that are actually plugged in is what is Martino do and how many minutes is Messi going to get? 
given the fact that, as you said, I mean, you guys have been playing every three days for the past month and you went 120 minutes uh, midweek and like that. So, I mean, I've been telling people, I think the over under on Messi's minutes on Saturday is like 15, but um, I still think he's going to be worth the price, uh, you know, worth the price of admission. And I think it's going to be an electric night at Red Bull Arena. If, if he starts the game, I think he plays a 490. But I don't know if they make him start. I, I don't know if they do what they did with Cruz Azul, the very first game where he, he came in in the 55th, 60th minute, give or take. I'm going to say yeah. the 55th minute. Maybe they try something like that. But historically, he hates getting taken out of games. So if he starts, it's because he's ready to run out there 90 minutes. But I, I, I'm with you. I don't know if they put him out there. I mean, we won the League's Cup. And we're now in the final of the Open Cup. I think there would have been more of an urgency to make the playoffs if those two cups, well, one is in the bag and the other one is one gate went away. Yeah. I think once that's in the bag, you almost feel like there's not as much urgency to make the playoffs as there would have been because you you have a possibility already with one more win to end the season with two trophies. So I'm with you. Maybe he doesn't start. Chris, I mean, coming from from. Uh... From a team that hasn't won a single knockout title in 28 years, the idea that you guys had to wait, what, 42 months to win something is really tremendous, guys. I'm really happy for you to end your your significant drought before lifting a cup. That must be very, <laughs> very difficult for you guys. Let me tell you so. something. I give a lot of credit to Mr. Chef Hendo because he – I understand that Messi had to choose, but he had to go ahead – and make all those trades that everybody was like, why is he trading Julian right. Carranza for allocation money? Why is he trading right. Bryce Duke for allocation money? It, it was all, uh, I mean, they were all setting up for the possibility that this summer it would happen. And I mean, to their credit, it, it paid off. So a hundred percent, but I, I do understand that there are some teams that have been on quite the droughts and, uh, and we were, we're definitely lucky. Definitely lucky. Chris, well, and- Messi starts on Saturday. Well, I mean, I guess to to talk in terms of that, right? Broward Heron is commenting here on popular opinion, but we should really just give up on the playoffs. It's not worth risking injury to our main players. I mean, we're there's a lot of games left. Like uh, we can't we can't tank. Like this isn't this isn't the NFL where we could start tanking for the number one draft pick, right? I mean, uh, we still got a lot of games left. A lot of different bounces can be able to lead us into getting the eight or nine spot. So I think Broward Heron, I think you're a little drastic on that. I wouldn't, I, I don't want to agree with that. Um, I don't see him starting, but someone, someone mentioned here, uh, S shot says he'll come in on 60 minutes. I can see that. Sure. I could definitely see something like that. Uh, I don't know about starting. I mean, look, Danny, we, we talked about it a little bit and Mark, I don't know if you noticed, but like, uh, Messi typically walks, like the majority of the game. So it's not like he's like fully exerting himself and his energy towards, you know, the entire game. Now, Busquets to me is a guy that does exert a ton of energy. So he's a person that I can definitely see where the opinion is a little more solid in terms of, do we sit him a little bit? Do we bring him off the bench? But again, I don't know if the team is willing to be able to say, well, let's take some of our all-stars and keep them on the bench, and then come in with a deficit. Because, I mean, who else is going to play, Danny? Uh, I mean, we do have other options. I mean, David Ruiz oh, can do. come in for CDM. 
I mean, you have Arroyo. We have Noah Allen if Jordi Alba gets some rest. I think we have options. I think the depth on the team is decent enough. But the, the thing is, the way the Red Bulls play, you're going to need some talent on the ball. right? You're going to need some technical players that could work against, around that pressure that's going to be, be brought. So I guess that transitions us into the Red Bulls. And Mark, you've been a fan since their existence, right? Since all their existence, 96. But over the last, well, I don't know how many years it's been, they've been known as that pesky team. Probably since Henry left. They've been known as that team that will give constant pressure. And it's almost, I don't know what they take before the games, but they just don't let up. So how long have they been playing like this? And do you expect to see the same thing against this Miami team on Saturday? Yeah, the, the energy drink soccer era really started with the New York Red Bulls. Uh, it was You're correct. It was after Terry Henry left the team and Jesse Marsh was installed as head coach in 2015. He famously at a town hall meeting uh, where Red Bull fans were irate about Mike Petke getting let go before that meeting, uh, before that season and, and Marsh um, coming into the program, basically held up a can of Red Bull and said, this is an energy drink. We are going to play energy drink soccer, which to a bunch of fans that have to suffer through this ownership group, um, it was not exactly the, the best thing to say to that group on that night. But nevertheless, yes, New, New York since 2015 have, have put uh, the high press into everything that they do. Um, they will press the entire length of the field for just about all of the match. Their goal is to... Um, dispossess the opponent in the attacking third for New York and quickly convert goals. Mm -hmm. The entire game plan is predicated on scoring first. Unfortunately for New York this season, keep in mind New York's made the playoffs 13 years in a row. This season they have been incredibly, uh, I don't know if it's unlucky or unskilled around the net, and as a result, they have only, they've, they've scored first, I believe, less than 10 matches out of the 30 competitive matches they've played. It's very, very difficult if they go down to generate a comeback because of the way they play. Um, and so opponents try to hit long balls and go over them. Um, I, would, I would say that playing out of the back is not a strategy that I would employ against uh, the New York Red Bulls. Back in the day, in, uh, in, in 2015, it was, in 2016 rather, it was um, Patrick Vieira's NYCFC at Yankee Stadium that continually tried to play out of the back um, against New York's press and the Red it's Bulls like had seven been, years, seven goals, right? in, in club history, 7 nothing, a match that Red Bull fans call the Red Wedding. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a very distinctive style of play. Um, and if we could actually score some goals, uh, we would be a lot higher in the table than we are now. If you guys were hypothetically to go up 2-0, do yeah. they continue to press the – did they change their, 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 their tactics once they have, a, let's say, a two-goal lead, or is it continued continuous pressing throughout the game anyway? Right. So I will say that, first of all, they don't actually get a two-goal lead very often. Um, it's relatively rare this season for them to score more than once in a match uh, because, as I said, they are so challenged in front of goal. Um, that said, the times where things have gotten squirrely for them is when they've tried to 
uh, bunker themselves to protect the lead, and that's when things get in trouble. They had a one nothing lead late on FC Cincinnati in the weeks leading up to League's Cup, and they conceded in the 80th and 93rd minute, and a one nothing lead against what who was then the Shield leaders turned into an absolutely crushing 2-1 defeat. And so for them... Uh, they have to keep their foot on the floor and have their opponents continue to make mistakes, especially with the prospect of having someone like Leo Messi step on the field with 30 minutes to go and completely change the game. Well, and you mentioned something really interesting because I didn't I didn't take this into effect that the New York Rebels are typically scoring a goal per game. The last time that you guys scored more than a goal was against Atlanta United back in on the 24th of June. And then yep. before that, Charlotte was two goals. And then before that, I mean... Whew, yeah, they've scored was... more than two goals only once in 30 competitive matches this year. My goodness. And yep. and somebody had mentioned in the chat here, Morgan busting his ass in NYC. Poor guy has no one to play with. It's I mean, we'll get into it. A... Yeah, Lewis Morgan uh, hasn't actually played for months because he's dealing with a recurrent hip injury so yeah um, also we're not nycfc we're the red bulls just to make sure your listeners are aware but uh yeah yeah it's it's been tough and new york has really missed his 14 goals that he scored last year easily the leading scorer on the team Mm -hmm. and without him it's been very very difficult it's just that down here in miami we have a a love for lewis morgan so they're still just yeah we're just we're just bitter that we lost him well, you but, sold um, him, to be fair. Sold him for a bag of, of uh, MLS coins. So, you know, there was a bit of an exchange there. You didn't leave him off in the side of, you know, A1A and say, hey, come get your boy. There, there was yeah. an actual trade. For sure. He, yeah, no, 100%. But he was liter- he was definitely our best player that first season, our yeah. inaugural season. So it was yeah. kind of tough to see him have to leave the team. I understand we got something back, but definitely that's not who we wanted to see shipped off. Anybody else but Lewis Morgan. Right. So, uh, so, yeah, so... We still feel a little better about that. All right. So, uh, like I, we were telling you before the we started recording, we do have a lot of new uh, listeners that are new to the MLS. And a lot of them are kind of curious, usually, as to, one, how the team has looked up until now in the season and any players that maybe they should be made aware of or should look out for when they're watching the game on Saturday. Yeah, I'll tell you, the team has this has been one of the most disappointing seasons in club history. New York has only missed the playoffs, uh, I think, two or three times in the last 15 years. And on a points per game basis, I think this is the fourth worst season in club history. Um, So fans are uh, the fans that show uh, that continue to show in an age of relatively unheralded international players and uh, a host of homegrown players mixed in and not being able to put the ball in the net. It's been a very, very frustrating season for Red Bulls fans. Um, the the coach at the start of the year, Gerhard Struber, was let go after a very ugly incident on the field against San Jose earlier when new, new signing DP Belgian Dante Van Zier um, said something he shouldn't have said on the field and everyone got very upset and he had to, it was suspended six games for a a miscommunication, a cultural miscommunication about a word he shouldn't have used. Um, Struber was subsequently let go and assistant coach Troy Lassane um, took over as interim head coach. He's still not been named the permanent head coach. He has the job till the end of the year. And for the Red Bulls, I believe 
Lissane taking the team over the line and getting into the playoffs is what will extend him uh, beyond this season. That said, in terms of players to look for, there's young left back John Tolkien, who is an MLS all-star and a member of the U.S. men's national team. He's 21 years old. He is a unique personality um, in MLS. For me, he has leveled out of the league, and we, we look for him to be one of the next um, transfers out. New York has, a, frankly, a tradition of selling, developing and selling young players like a Tyler Adams. Um, another young player is another homegrown from Warren, New Jersey. That's Daniel Edelman, who's 20 years old. He was the captain of the USU 20 team that played in the U 20 world cup earlier this year. Um, he, he'll obviously be responsible for shutting down, uh, whoever is in this is in the attacking midfield. And so, um, you know, he is, he is a, an up and coming player as well. It'll be interesting to see what his ceiling is. Well, and and I want to I want to kind of chime back on to what you were talking about in terms of I guess that it's been sort of one of the worst seasons I guess that in recent years. Yeah, you guys, you guys really aren't out of it. You guys are in eleventh no. place. You're only three points behind the ninth place uh, spot in Chicago. Yep, DC United and Montreal to me aren't world beaters. I think that those two teams are teams that you guys can easily be able to climb over in the standings. And the benefit that we have as 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 a Inter Miami is that a lot of the teams that we have scheduled, once we beat them, obviously with the ball bouncing in other ways, we can be able to climb the ladder. But you guys aren't that far from from reaching where you need to go into playoff contention. Yeah, the big for Chicago, I say the answer is yes. But for those fans that may be newer to the league, the 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 first tiebreaker after points is wins. And Montreal currently on 10 wins, uh, Red Bulls currently on seven. It's going to be very, very difficult, even though they're only, yeah. I think, four points away for New York to climb with only 10 matches remaining to be three wins better than Montreal. But I, I agree with you that Chicago is ripe. And I know that you guys and Miami will visit Soldier Field. We have the fire coming into Red Bull Arena at the end of September. And that is going to be an absolute must win. I mean, with 10 games left, New York is going to have to win six of them, I think, for them to be any have any shot whatsoever. And after you guys, uh, the Red Bulls will have kind of a local derby uh, rotation of Revs and NYCFC and Philadelphia. We oh. still have to host Austin um, at home, and then we finish the season at Nashville, which um, you know usually is a difficult place to play. And yes. so. Uh, oh, here's with the the maps comment. Yeah, okay, great. Sorry you're insulted. In any way, in any case, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a real bit of a challenge um, for New York to get there. But, you know, you, you can make the argument that Saturday night is a must win for them. Yes, I agree with no, that. No, it's a must win for both teams because, yeah. I mean, we have two games in hand, so we have that going for us, I guess, technically. But... I mean, Messi and some guys are going to miss time with international breaks. They, they, they can't let up anytime soon. They have to get at least eight out of those 12 results. Right? They, they can't lose more than maybe three or four of those Absolutely games. necessary. Absolutely necessary. All right. So uh, we know that, that you guys press heavy, press, press high. So when you guys come out, do you guys will come out on a 4-4-2 or, or – what formation that you guys come out? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Troy Lassane rolls out on Saturday night. 
Phil, uh, you know, uh, Jim Curtin in Philly absolutely crapped the bed with his uh, altered lineup yeah. and everyone with their pants. And 20 minutes later, you guys have two goals. Um, New York usually institutes a four triple two um, with you know, kind of a bucket midfield, if you will, without a pure 10. Um, so you'll likely I don't believe that Van Zier will be ready to go as he's coming off a hamstring injury. It'll most likely be Tom Barlow, who is like I call our non-scoring forward. I mean, he kind of takes up space and pull defenders out of the way and allows some of the other uh, attacking members of the team uh, with good looks. Omer Fernandez, longtime homegrown from Bronx, New York, um, will will likely start. Luquinhas, our Brazilian DP, who really has not shown much this year, tends to dribble. That's surprising. <clears throat> tends to dribble. Uh, I know he showed really well against you guys when he came into the league. But yes. other than that early uh, big spurt, it's it's really been a disappointment, frankly. Um, then there's uh, Cam Harper, who's a, a young Californian, who spent some time at Glasgow Celtic. He's been in New York for a little bit, and he's really started to show. Um, Daniel Edelman and Frankie Amaya will likely be the central defensive mids. And then, you know, frankly, we, ha we, we have a pretty strong defense. We, we held D.C. United for better or for worse. Um, they didn't get a shot on net last uh, last time out. And in fact, New York, I think at the beginning of the season, set a record for only allowing something like six goals on six shots on frame in the first five or six matches Oof. of the season. And New York did not win the majority of those matches, as I said, because they're so anemic up top. Yeah, that's um, but nevertheless, Andres Reyes. Uh, Colombian, who I believe did he spend some time with you guys? Yes, he did. Yep. So he's he is really matured over his time in New York. Sean Nealis, a local guy from Massapequa, New York, on Long Island, in the center backs, and then to Tolkien on the left, um, maybe Kyle Duncan on the right, who uh, is a wild card, and then Carlos Coronel, our Brazilian keeper. Uh, in net, who I think has kind of stepped back in his performances a little bit this year. Um, he he's a good shot stopper, but he's had some howlers as well. Well, and and before you get to your, were you going to say something, Danny? No, I was going to just to his point. Uh, you guys have faced the the least amount of shots in the league by far. Yep. Uh, it, it's you only um, faced sixty two shots in twenty. What is it? Twenty four games. games. So that's, that's about two and a half shots per game that you guys Oof. face. It's it's, it's on net. Yeah. 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 On you know, and on and the, the maddening thing about it is in the Eastern conference, the Red Bulls are first in the conference in expected goal differential. They have underperformed their actual goal differential by 12 yeah, goals. Yeah. You're on negative three right now. That's right. And mm -hmm. so this team should be by all accounts much higher on the table and we should be more successful as a team and that is making fans insane that's oh, gonna be crazy I, I i saw an image of red bulls arena i forgot what i think it was a league's cup game and the stadium looked almost empty is it's almost is it almost like a protest no, That's how it's this not like a know? protest. So I'll tell you the brief story of the Red Bulls. So the, the Red Bulls, sure. the modern Red Bulls, won three supporter shields between 2013 and 2018. Um, they famously have only made MLS Cup once in 2008 when they lost to the Columbus Crew 3-1 in California. 
at, at, at uh, what was then the Home Depot Center where the, the Galaxy play. Um, since 2018, after 2018, the team, and in those years as well, started trading away the captain a number of times. They sent Dax McCarty away. They sent Sasha Kleschen away. They let Louis. Uh, they let Luis Robles leave. They let Bradley Wright Phillips leave. And these were players that played with the team for years and were successful and won the Shield and were the best team in the league. And fans really gravitated toward these players. Since the start of the 2019 season, the team has really been more of a U23 side really investing in the in bringing up academy products making really frankly some very poor signings now mind you they've made the playoffs every year um they finished fourth uh, most uh, a couple of years ago um they've lost their last four first round playoff games and i, I think fans are just like are, are just of a mind that you know that this organization this ownership group just really isn't terribly interested in um, in building a, a winner, Com combine that with the fact that energy drink soccer, while it may be effective when it's played well, it's not pretty. It is literally a car wreck for 90 <laughs> minutes a week. Yeah. And when you have a team that should have scored 12 more goals than, than actually happened, the fans have voted with their feet. Um, they hit their season ticket high back in 2017. And I'll tell you, while the team has done very well signing sponsorship deals and there are new cool areas of the arena and there's new, uh, you know, sponsorship, this and that uh, certain companies have signed on. The, the fans have have pretty much just said, no, not for me anymore. I don't know. I don't know who's on this team anymore. Um, and so the reason why the the stadium is empty for leagues cup games i mean there was famously the leagues the op leagues cup opener against the revs was played 2 hours after uh, arsenal and manchester united played at metlife stadium which is 6 miles away and so if you're going to ask american soccer fans do you want to see you know albeit in basically a, an nfl preseason game but do you want to see famous shirts and famous players run around for part of the, the team or do you want to see the Red Bulls and Revs, who had played already two weeks earlier in the league, now playing in this new extra tournament that has never been played before. And fans went, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going somewhere else today. It's, it's, it's a common challenge. The fans that do show should not be pilloried uh, and they're not responsible for the empty seats. It's on the team. They have to play right, an attractive yes. product that people come and see. Um, uh yeah, Richard Greenberg here asked, would Red Bulls ever sell the team? I yeah. mean, I know the fan base you said was isn't necessarily happy with the ownership. Well, they're not happy because they're not investing in the team. They're not doing everything they can to win the last game of the season and bring a cup to New York. And so um, at the same time, while they are not spending their money necessarily on players, I will tell you they're about to break ground on their second training complex because the first one they built uh, which is about eight or nine years old houses the academy and the two team and the first team and gotham fc in the women's league practices there and so they're spending eight figures on a former corporate campus and converting it into a state-of-the-art uh, training center with eight fields and a place where the uh 
where the, um, the the youth teams can mix with the pro players, and they're really building something. Um, unfortunately, the it's like we want you to spend money. No, not like that. Get us good players that will win us a cup, and we'll all shut up already. I mean, I had brown hair when I started following this team. <laughs> <laughs> well, one point I want to make is that it's extremely sad to hear that you guys are literally going to get a second training facility and NYCFC still don't have their own freaking field and they have to play at Yankee Stadium. That's that's depressing. Well, what's yeah. depressing is Don Garber not insisting that NYCFC have a stadium plan yes. before they created the team. That That's where that responsibility lies. Red Bull Arena took 10 years to be built from scoping the land and doing the environmental cleanup. I mean, Red Bull Arena is built on a former industrial brownfield. And so... You know, who possibly could have imagined that there isn't any room in New York City to build a stadium? Well, everybody, frankly. Mm, and you can make the argument that if there was, the Metro Stars would have been playing there from 1996 on. But as it was, there's a reason why the Jets and Giants don't play in Manhattan, because there's no room. Mm. So I, I have a question, because you were referring to to the ownership not spending the money the right way. And I think that it, this move where Messi joining MLS – is sort of starting to open the eyes of the league. And I think that there's uh, if there's any team that can be able to make big moves and save up enough uh, MLS monopoly coins, right? Yeah. It, it could be it would be the Red Bulls, right? I mean, you would have to have someone that's going to be able to move the money around enough to be able to accommodate all of that. But do you think that the potential is there or that the ownership is at least considering something like that? Because you guys have crazy potential to be able to land a couple big names. Well, we've had big names in our team's history, right? Yes. Roberto Donadoni started with this team in 1996. Thierry Henry and Tim Cahill and <clears throat> um, you know, plenty of big names. Yuri Jorkeyev who'd won the World Cup as well. Uh, th these are global players. Now, obviously, there's only one Messi, but I will tell yes. you that in an interview with a New Jersey business magazine this week, Red Bull's general manager, Mark de Prey, signaled that, yes, starting next year, they were going to get back into the game of signing stars. And Red Bull fans read that article and said, we will believe it when well, we, we see, see it. it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. Well, I, there was a comment. There's a comment that I saw here, and I think it was made by uh, Rashidi. I'm trying to find it. He was asking a question about, um, okay, here we go. So uh, can I ask something? What Red Bull position is they are, like, with a ball? Do you guys play with the ball or counterattack? And if they're aggressive, like last game uh, with Cincinnati. So I guess we'll just get to the next question. If we're talking about strengths and weaknesses, yeah. what are some of the strengths and weaknesses for the Red Bulls? Right. So obviously strengths, as we talked about earlier, uh, a full full field, full match press um, where they're going to come out in the first 15 minutes of the game and they are literally going to throw the kitchen sink at Miami. And if Miami can't move the ball quickly out of the back, they're going to find themselves in a world of hurt. Um, and so that's great. Weaknesses, as we talked about, just scoring goals. Um, yes. It's been very, very challenging from them this season, despite the fact that they have a DP midfielder in Luquinhos and a DP forward, Dante Van Zier, who may not play on Saturday due to a nagging uh, hamstring industry. Um, 
in uh, injury, excuse me. Um, you know, how you beat the Red Bulls press is long diagonal balls across the formation because when New York is pressed up, their central their center backs are on the midline. I mean, they they press hard. And if there are um, you know, forwards with speed, which I know Miami has, whether it's Cremacci or Campagna, if he can get his feet right and get that ball in the net at the end of the national game, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, thank yeah. God you guys pulled that out because that's great. Yeah. But was right. um, uh, you know, I'll tell you that right wing is a little bit of a weak spot for New York. Um, so whoever's attacking down the left side of Miami's offense uh, could certainly do well. And then, you know, as I said, it's um, it's moving the ball quickly out of the back. Um, it, it's making things – I mean, I can't imagine that Tata – I mean, Tata Martino has played against the Red Bull press many times. Yeah, He only beat New York with Atlanta once, and that was in the 2018 oh. Eastern Conference Finals where New York was missing an injured Kamar Lawrence – and that lack of speed at, at left back absolutely was exploited by Tata and Joseph Martinez uh, in a three nothing win in the first leg of that um, of that series. That was absolutely the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Um, and so, but New York got the better of Tata frequently uh, during his time there, and it'll be interesting to see with a different group of players uh, whether that happens. That was I, I, yeah, yeah, I did not have any idea about that. That's that is interesting. Uh, before we get into the predictions, we did we do usually ask this one question: uh, Are there any traditions or rituals that the Red Bulls have, whether it be before game, during the game, sure. after the game? <clears throat> well, um, there's uh, a big Cordio uh, flare display. There are three supporters groups in what's known as the South Ward in the south end of the stadium. The Empire Supporters Group, who is actually predates the team being named. They were formed in 1995. They're the oldest supporters group in MLS. Uh, they're right behind the goal in 101. The Viking Army is um, named after Red Bulls coach Hans Baca, who is named, who's Norwegian, who was named coach for 2010 when the arena opened. They're a, certainly a ton of fun. And then there's Torcida 96, which fashions themselves as Eastern European style hard men who wear all black and, uh, you know, are ready to throw down. Super fun. Um, nevertheless, before the match, they all get together in front of the stadium uh, for some good chanting and singing. Um, during the match, you'll hear all Red Bull fans in the arena. Now, mind you, that may be a fraction of the people that are there on Saturday night. That's true. Because so many Red Bull season ticket holders have sold their tickets and made their entire allotment back for, for 2023 for uh, sure. uh, during the national anthem red bull fans will all yell red together uh at the rockets red glare um it's actually going to be a big night at red bull arena they're going to be wearing their freestyle their hip-hop freestyle kits which they just right. launched their third kit to uh, commemorate the 50th anniversary of the start of hip-hop uh daryl mcdaniel dmc will be there from run dmc oh, nice. uh, cool. the concert pregame they'll have fireworks post game um so yeah it's uh you know each of these supporters groups have their own traditions um you know the arena is unfortunately as i mentioned a bit of a challenging place if you are coming to the game there you go Thierry Henry. look at that um he never won an mls cup Never got the team past the Eastern Finals, but he was uh, certainly the best player to ever wear the 
uh, the shirt. Um, but Brandon Bray Phillips. I mean, Brad, certainly from a performance standpoint, yes. But Bradley yeah. was not renowned when he came to the team. I mean, he right. he he had come from Charlton where he lost his job and he was just trying to to find anything. And he he absolutely um, was benefited from having Thierry Henry as tutor for him yeah. for a number of years and really improved his his performance on the field. But I think for um, you know, pure star power. It's Thierry Henry. Yeah, of course, of course, for sure. All right. Uh, so I guess prediction time for, for Mark, because uh, I know you, you uh, can't stay with us the whole time. You had a, uh, but we appreciate you taking the time to be with us anyway. Yep. So your prediction, how do you think things end up on Saturday? Yeah. So without Alba and Busquets and Messi, I'm not certainly saying that this team is still the team that, uh, you know, hasten phil neville's departure but it's obviously going to be different um i i I don't believe any of the three of them will start i think you're going to see perhaps alba and busquets come on at halftime and i think messi's going to come in with a half an hour to play which means for new york uh they are going to have to score all the goals before the 30th minute um you know i they they just you know so I'm calling it a 2-2 draw. As, mm. as I said on Twitter earlier this week, they can't lose to Miami on penalties on Saturday because it's a <laughs> regular season game. Yeah. So um, I think 2-2 is where it's at. If I, I, you know, I can't see New York winning against this kind of firepower. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, it's not fair. I mean, it is fair. Yeah. But it's, not, <laughs> it's not fair to have Realistic. to play three of the most, uh, you know, decorated players in all yes. football history. So for sure. No, we understand for sure. Well, the fact that you speak so calmly about this team and this game, it's scaring Rashid here because don't be scared. Uh, yeah. It's scaring him. It's scaring him a little bit. It's scaring him, Mark. Yeah. Now I, well, I want to, I want to mention something before Danny, you and I get to the predictions. I think that everybody thinking that Messi is going to come on on the 75th minute, 80th minute, 70th minute you guys are on some different kind of drugs and alcohol because for you guys to believe that he is not going to play minimum 30 minutes you guys are off your rocker that's it carry on danny no i know i agree if, if he does play it'll be 30 minutes minimum because minimum. I, I, I can't imagine him saying okay i'm playing today and i'll play the last 15 especially if they're down now Me- Me- messi will, will get who who had him playing those forty minutes that that very first game? Nobody, and he's that guy, and that's why I like him so much because you know he's a competitor. Yeah, yeah. Everybody thought he was going to come here for the paycheck, but no, he's coming here to win. So I appreciate that. All right, so, so uh, go ahead. So predictions. Well, well let's go with you because I kind of go. Well, a I'll, too well, well I didn't want to. Uh, I want to respect Mark's time. Uh, I wanted to say tell Mark thank you for uh, for oh, joining right, us. Yeah. Um, and for taking the time, uh, not a lot of Red Bulls fans wanted to jump on here, so we appreciate you taking the time to to join us. And um, and and, and with the best of luck. Or you, or you said you're not going to be at the game on Saturday because, no. So you could let everybody know where they could find you if uh, they're interested in more Red Bulls coverage. Or I think sure. you talk U.S. U.S. Men's Soccer team also, right? Absolutely. I, I'm the quizzically named Mark Fishkin on Twitter because um, I'm an old and. Uh, we've been doing Seeing Red, the Seeing Red podcast since back in 2010 when the stadium opened. We're in our 14th season. 
We just recorded episode 544 this week. Uh, we talked to the players, we talked to the media, we talked to the coaching staff and executives, and they can be found at Seeing Red NY. Uh, on most platforms and the podcast can be heard there as well. But listen, for new fans of the league uh, who are listening, you guys have come at an absolutely phenomenal time. Um, just understand they've been people that have been at this for a really long time. So there are no uh, stupid uh, questions. They're just stupid people, but uh, <laughs> you know, absolutely continue to ask questions and learn about this uh, amazing league. And it's uh, a ton of fun. So thanks for having me guys. No, no right, we before- appreciate you taking the time. And before we go, Mark, I got to ask you because we ask every single guest. So are you ready? Yeah. All right. You got to pick a couple options out of the five pieces of steak and six pieces of toast. Which way are you going? Okay. So I want to tell you before I answer these that I eat a plant-based diet. That said, I have not always eaten a plant-based diet, but I would choose number three of the steak and number four of the toast. That's me. You are a gentleman and a scholar, Mark. Thank you so much for your time, Mark. (laughs) Much appreciated. All right. Be well, guys. Have a good one. All right. So that was good. Good choices. Good choices by Mark. You you were going to um, start your prediction, Chris. So I I was going to go on my, I mean, look, I got to, I got to talk about this chat. I got to mention this. Are you guys really, really thinking that he's only going to play 15 minutes I, I i'd be surprised if he doesn't start i'd be surprised I, if he doesn't start danny look I, I i agree with you i i think that all three of them start when we're talking about the big three right or, or alba busquets and messi and the reason being and maybe people think that um uh, I'm, I'm i'm crazy for thinking so i think messi plays all 90 games i mean all, nine, all 90 minutes i'm all sorry 90 minutes, all 90 yeah. minutes and I think Busquets and Alba start, but they get taken off early because, like we've said, and, and um, all season, whenever the Red Bulls get brought up, we, we talk about how annoying that team is to play because they are constantly pressing. So the last thing you want is to go down against this team. So I think yeah. to beat that press, you need players with the, the technical abilities of a Jordi Alba, of a Busquets. Who can hit a better long ball than Busquets? Busquets will catch Joseph making that run or Campana making that run, Robert Taylor making those runs, Messi making those runs behind that back line that, that is playing basically at the midfield. We need Busquets out there with those, for the long balls. We need Christoph. He showed it against Charlotte when, when uh, Joseph had that beautiful – was it against Charlotte? I believe it was against Charlotte. That, that he had those, those beautiful lead passes. Maybe it was against somebody else. I think it was against Charlotte. I, I think that we need all the technical ability to play out of the back because I can't see us resu- uh, kind of counting on the long ball consistently all game. I think Tata will continue to try to play out of the back. And the only way he can keep doing that is to have as much quality on the pitch. And that's why I think that you'll see the usual guys. If we play with four in the back, which I think, I don't think Aviles plays. I think he plays with Kristoff. I think he plays with Kamal Miller because these guys are cool under pressure. And I think that that's why you're going to see the usual four in the back. You're going to see Busquets play. Maybe it's only 55, 60 minutes, but I think Busquets starts. I think Jordi Alba starts. And I, I think that they try to beat the press. And if we can get one or two goals, he said it himself. They don't score much. They're not going so over can, one. If, so if we can get one or two goals, that is enough that we could kind of hang on to that lead. And maybe then at that point, we let Busquets out. We let 
Alba sit down. And then we then we start playing the long ball possibly. So that is what I, I think. And I think that, that that's why Busquets and Jordi Alba might start on Saturday. Okay, so everybody in the chat, listen, I saw a comment by Clara that's that's saying that we might bring him in at subbed in at 80th minute or comes in at the 55th minute. Listen, if I was to ask you guys, you had two choices to make. Either he starts and plays up to 80 minutes or he stays benched and comes in on the 80th minute. Which one do you think is the money? Because I'll tell you, I think he'd probably start and get subbed off on the 80th minute. There's no way they're going to put the game in jeopardy, especially such an important game where they start, where they don't start him and they bring him off the bench. What for a tie game? You can't go into into extra extra court extra halves, no penalty kicks. By that point, you might as well not even bring him on. Mike V brought, said that he wants to see Kampapi start and because Joseph falls against uh, under pressure under the press. Yeah, I think that the fact that you can play through balls, I think that Joseph does a better job breaking that back line with with those. Those those well timed runs than than Campana does. So, in this situation, I think I would want to see Joseph start. I want to see Joseph at the end of those either whether it be a long ball or or a through pass that they kind of break down the defense. I, I'd rather see Joseph in this situation. I would much rather see Joseph start this game than Campana. I don't know, man. I listen when it comes to Messi. Uh, Look, I, I think Busquets is going to play the majority of the game. I think that Messi is going to play the majority of the game. I think it would be foolish to bring any of those two guys off the bench after the 75th minute, especially if it's either a tie game or we're losing. I mean, at that point, you're going to bring them in for no reason. Uh, just to be, just to clarify for anybody, uh, super califragilistic, it's not a final. It's uh, it's the first regular season game. The final is on September 27th against uh, Houston. So. Yeah. Um, so that, that that this this weekend is not a final; it's just a regular season game, and and I I I understand why everybody's saying they might not play. You got to rest them. It all makes sense to me, and and I don't necessarily disagree with you guys, especially since it's a regular season game. And the fact that the League's Cup is now in the bag, and we're in the final of the U.S. Open Cup, I do think that there's going to be less priority placed on the regular season. So because of that, I I could also see them not starting, but if they want to win. I think Busquets and Jordi Alba need to be out there for at least the first half. They need to go ahead because I, I just don't see that reverting, kind of resorting to just the, the long ball to beat this team. I think he's going to try to play it out the back. We play that possession ball. We have quality players that can beat a press, and I think they're going to try to. Now, is it going to end up like NYCFC with Patrick Vieira where they lost 7-0? I watched that game. I watched it live. That was pretty bad. I was supporting NYCFC back then. That, that was terrible. But I, I just I think that these guys have the quality to beat the press, but you need Busquets out there for that. You need him to be an outlet for the central uh, defenders. And I want to mention something here because Reaper Blaugrana is saying he'll catch the defenders tired if he comes in the second half. Man, and that man kind of it, it kind of takes me the wrong way because I mean, look, if there's anyone that knows Messi, is you guys in the chat that watched him when he was in Europe constantly, right? I mean, the reputation that he holds is that he plays the whole game. Yeah, but Chris, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak to, to this as a fact, but I doubt that he's ever played such a condensed schedule for this long. Like, since the beginning of July to mid-October, 
it's constantly every three game every three days there's a game like yeah and he had no preseason like i i, I don't know i think that at, at some point he'll be like you know what like maybe i do need a rest so um we'll see we'll see I'm uh, saying, quick, I, I yeah go ahead go ahead no no go ahead no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Because I was pulling no, something. I was gonna switch. I was gonna switch topics. I was gonna say before we get into predictions, I wanted to hear what you thought about the the release of the tickets for the final before we get into today's oh, predictions. We haven't okay. touched on that, and I heard a lot of interesting stories about how it didn't go very smoothly for a lot of people. I was kind of curious how it went for you. Well, one thing I want to mention is for those of you that are season ticket holders, right? For the first game that we ever got like exclusive rights to. If everybody remembers, they gave you like a special code that you can be able to punch in and get access to tickets. If you saw the code that you can get these tickets for, I mean, how terrible is that? And then you'd think, right? And and Danny, tell me if I'm wrong, but, but you know, did before. You want? What, no, what no, but listen, listen. For? You know, you know how with the League's Cup, everybody was complaining, such simple codes, the pricing. And it was fluctuating, but this open cup, you think, okay, well, it's a different organization, uh, different, you know, expectations or whatever. I didn't expect this, Danny. I didn't expect a crappy generic code. I didn't expect such expensive tickets, especially like for the championship game. Like you're, you're kind of you didn't expect easy. expensive tickets in a twenty-two thousand seat stadium for Messi playing in a final. You don't think that it's. You don't think that it's kind of crazy to charge $150 to your season ticket holders? They were charging us that for, like, the group stage of the League's Cup. Of course I expected that. Yeah, but everybody was saying, well, it's because it's the League's Cup. They're just trying to, you know, take you know, take everybody for their wallets. Look, the Open Cup, how many messy games have they been able to kind of cash grab for? Just Literally one. just this one. Yeah. You didn't expect them to charge an arm and a leg? Like, this is it. This is all they got. So, I don't think it's fair. A, uh, well, or at least give me my damn yeah. seat. At least give me my damn seat. That I, I mean, agree. Look with. at this. Mitch Rodriguez is mentioning almost 1K on two tickets. Dude, Mitch. Oh, my God. So that's like, and, and, and that I agree with because when I got on, I'm going to tell you my experience. For those of you listening, uh, it, it was a lot smoother than I think for a lot of other people. But they gave us a, a pre sale code. We got on at 12 o'clock. No, the, 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 the game will not play, be played at Hard Rock. It, they've already there said it's going to be at Drive Pink Stadium. Tickets already went on sale. So, yeah, it, it's officially Drive Pink Stadium on September 27th. All right. So they gave a four-hour window for pre-sales, which was great, right? Because that's what I wanted. Last time they literally said tickets on sale at 12 o'clock or 12.30, and I got my email at like 12.31. Like it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. At least they gave us four hours head start, right? And they sent the email with the link and the code 10 minutes before 12 o'clock. Yeah. So I, I, I had my email open. I was waiting. It showed up early. I clicked on it immediately and I was in. When time finally came in the queue, I was number 64. So I was definitely obviously one of the first ones in there. I went in and the first thing I did was look for my tickets. I was like, I'm number yeah. 64. There's a good chance I find my tickets. I didn't find my tickets, but I did find the tickets right behind my tickets. So I bought those. My frustration is. I should be allowed to get the tickets that are right in front of the ones I bought. Like if I'm going to spend the money anyway, why don't you give me the right to just purchase those? Like it makes no sense to me. Maybe because open cup doesn't recognize those as my seats. 
Okay, but Inter Miami should. Drive Pink Stadium should. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure they could figure it out. They just felt like not doing it. I mean, they did it for the first two Open Cup games that they gave us as part of the season pass or the season tickets, right? Yeah. They yeah. recognized them there. So the Open Cup recognized our Drive Pink Stadium seats for there. Correct. All yes. I did was just accept them and they were there. So don't tell me that Open Cup is oblivious to where we're supposed to be sitting. Bitch, you know where I'm sitting. I did it for those two games earlier in the year. So it makes no sense. It's very frustrating. And I'm kind of curious to see who's sitting in front of me, so I can smack him in the back of the head. Right, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw a bottle of water for sure at that person that's sitting in our seats. <laughs> um, hopefully, it's none of you guys. If it's one of you guys, let us know, like in a private chat or something. Um, I want to get to this question by Hazel, but Rashid Rashid is asking: Is Miami? Will, will they have another stadium? Yes, uh, Miami Freedom Park is gonna be the new stadium which is apparently going to be opening at some point in 2025 to 2026 which i don't yeah, know if they're I, gonna... i'm not i'm not believing 2025 anymore listen i mean if they can get enough I... people to build up a legoland uh, uh seats section and drive pink i think that it can happen and there's enough there's enough uh there's enough white powder that that everybody can be able to finish this in two years i i rather them take their time and because remember chris at least, at least, I'm speaking for myself at least. I don't plan on leaving the team when Messi leaves. I plan on that stadium yes, being my right. home for a very long time. So please don't rush it. Do a good job with it. Mm -hmm. And if it has to take to 2026, as long as it's done well, I'm going to be there for who knows how many years. So I, I, I'd rather them... I get it. I want Messi to play at least one year there, right? That's the goal, yeah. right? We want to see... But if, if, it's, if it's not possible, so be it. Take your time because I want a, a stadium well done. And remember, we want Queremos Techo. So don't forget Listen, that. Listen, and, and I'm going to get to your question. I'm going to get to your question in, in just a minute, Hazel. But Mike V with the perfect comment. This is the dime of the day here. Finish the Palmetto first, bro. Listen, the Freedom Park is going to be done before the Palmetto is done. If any of you guys are interested in what the Palmetto is, just look up Miami Palmetto meme or something, and you'll find a couple things. Um, getting to the comment that you had, Hazel, if we win the U.S. Open, are we having a parade? I'm going to propose this to Danny, and, and let me see no. if he's uh, in agreement to my idea. But I think that if we win the U.S. Open Cup, we should have a parade specifically around FIU Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> just just walk around FIU Stadium with Messi, like on like a crown couch, like a king couch, and just everybody hold him on our shoulders like that and just walk around the stadium. Has to be FIU. Uh, I, I see what you're doing there. No, uh, for those of you that don't understand what Chris is saying, uh, our I guess you could say our rivals in the city are Miami FC. They play for the USL and they play at FIU Stadium which is a college stadium, and that's why he wants to stick it to them. I honestly act like they don't exist. I don't I don't really care. That's why I it's think the Open fair. Cup is stupid, but whatever. Uh, and I will tell you, what, one of the reasons that um, I've never – not that I'm not a fan of him. I get it. Everybody wants to play for trophies. But I do prefer winning the MLS Cup is because if you win the MLS Cup, that's the last game of the season. That one you really get to celebrate. Like the League's Cup, we won it. And it's like three days later. All right, next game. And it's like it's, it's not. The, it doesn't feel the same as when like it's the last game of the season. You really get like you get a parade. 
you get a star on your jersey on your kit. Like that's why I like the MLS Cup. Um, but you know, I, I get it. Everybody wants to play for trophies. So listen, uh, and everybody's saying that you secretly love the US Open Cup. So I, I definitely I not. Of, I agree with that. I agree definitely with not. That. But if you guys watch the video of me celebrating a group stage victory against Cruz Azul, you'll realize I celebrate like a madman, even when Inter Miami wins a regular group stage game. Like it's just I I I'm invested and I want them to win every single game that they play. So, of course, I'm going to celebrate if they win the Open Cup. And I'm going to love it. And I'm going to be saying we got two trophies now. And Orlando can suck it because all they did was say that they had a trophy, even though it took them six years to make the playoffs. And we have our first trophy within the first four years, possibly, too. So, suck it, Orlando. And I'm going to celebrate Open Cup, even though I think it's a whatever trophy. But I'm going to celebrate it for sure. Well, and, and Rashid's asking, what's the MLS Cup? It's the championship that you win when you win yes. the championship. Rashid, this, the they do it very American here. If you're familiar with the NBA, MLB, NFL, any of those, you can win a supporter shield, which is the best record in the league, right? And then you get technically a trophy for that. You get the supporter shield. But in MLS, you then go and you qualify for the playoffs. And if you win the playoff tournament, then you are considered the MLS champion for that season. That is the MLS Cup. And if you're not sure about it, if you go on our YouTube channel, we have uh, a few explanation videos where we explain whether it be the salaries or the playoff system and all that other stuff. For anybody listening, if you if you have any other questions, we do have I think it was like four, maybe four There's videos. There's four videos, guys. You can well, be able well, to check them out. Yeah. Right. And then and then we kind of just break down some of the basics of MLS for all the new fans. All right, Chris, let's get into the predictions because uh, we've gone long enough. All right, so we'll talk predictions. Before I bring up predictions, guys, come on. You know the drill. Put that thumb to work. Like, subscribe if you haven't done it. And uh, and check out those videos, really, those MLS videos that we did. Uh, it's four of them. They're very quick, digestible. And uh, if you guys have any questions about the MLS yeah, and, I- and what's entailed in it, Check that out. It's it's really really yeah, good I, and informative. I don't think any of them run over four minutes. I, I think we try to be as 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 to the point and concise as we possibly could. Mike V yeah. is out here drilling dudes. Come on, Mike V. He's not resingando. Let him let him be, bro. He's learning. Let me tell you, I give a lot of credit to Rashid and and other people that they've been coming week after week and really yeah, and they ask, trying yeah, to be sure. interested into this and asking questions. Listen, MLS is a little different than everything in Europe, so I get it. And I really hope that that Clara and Rashid and all the people that have, have we've gotten accustomed to seeing on a weekly basis, I really hope you guys stick around after Messi's gone because, you know, you guys are technically yeah, part you, of La Familia now, so hopefully you guys stick around. You guys are right, batters so fam. Predictions, Chris. All right, so predictions. I'll tell you what I think. I think that we are going to win this game 3-1. I don't think that they're going to score more than one goal. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is if they're struggling to score more than a goal for the majority of their games, and our defense, it's not the worst. Uh, and I imagine that we're going to have a couple more agile players uh, playing more now than we have had before. I think that Kristoff is not going to start. I don't think that he's going to play. I, um, I think he's going to start. Uh, well, I mean, he's got he got dinged up a couple times in a couple games. Um, I think that well, we're going to win handedly three one. With when I, when I try to just think about who I trust with the ball at their feet more. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I haven't seen Aviles enough. 
but right now with the because I'm going based solely on the person we're playing, the team that we're playing against, and yeah. going based off of the team that we're playing against, I, I kind of want players that I feel that can beat the press, that that are calm under pressure. And I think Kristoff does a great job of that. I think Kamal Miller also does a great job of that. Jordi Alba, obviously world class. Sergio Busquets, all that. I, so I, I think that, I think for that reason, I think Kristoff starts. I think Diego Gomez does not see the field until late in the second half because he <laughs> is unpredictable with the ball at his feet. And against this team, that's not what you want. You want some quality. So I do think he doesn't see the field, or at least he doesn't start, right? I think he comes in the second half. Um, but I, I don't know if I see 3-1. Look, we saw it. Look, Nashville, best defense in the league. How many goals do we put up against them? We put up one goal, and it was a, a moment of brilliance from Messi. And then we played against, uh, I'm blanking here, Who do, uh, Cincinnati. Also a good team. We put up two goals. I, I think that, I mean, if you don't count extra time, that is. And yeah. one of them was at, basically at the very end of the game. So I wouldn't say that we've necessarily looked convincing offensively over the last couple games. It could be because we're tired. It could be mm-hmm. because teams are starting to understand how they can play the passing lanes against us, maybe clog the middle so Busquets can't connect to Messi and so on and so forth. So I, I don't see this as necessarily a 3-1 game. I could see a 1-0-2-0 type game. And mm-hmm. I think that, that that's how we're going to hunker down. The Red Bulls have only allowed 26 goals in 25 games. They give about one game a goal, one goal a game. Like this yeah. is a solid defense because you're constantly just trying to break the ball out of your own third. Like it's going to be a very frustrating game to play. There's a reason why everybody gets annoyed when they see the Red Bulls on the schedule coming up because they are a very annoying team to play, and and you're gonna you're gonna learn to dislike them if you're new to the MLS because again a very very, very annoying brand of soccer that they play. Like like Mark was saying, what was it? Energ- energizer drink? Uh, yeah, style energi- yeah. As, so, <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. And and Alejandro, uh, Noah Allen playing central defender, no me gusta. Eso sí, no me gusta, brother. I don't like that at all. Uh, I don't know if you noticed in the last game, but as a central defender, he was getting dominated on like high balls. Uh, um, towards the end of the game. I mean, but he's shorter. So, like, he's gritty, though. Ex- like, he's expected. grimy. I like him. Look, put him, yeah, put him I, I love him. I love put him. Put him at goalie. I, I, I believe in Noah Allen. Yes, I do believe in him, too. But he he, he was getting he was getting oh, yeah. kind of a He definitely rough, doesn't rough have the house. size to be central. No, for sure. Yeah. But but if we have Aviles, if they're going to take out Kristoff or Miller, it should be for Aviles. But, um, yeah. all right. Well, we just wanted to come on and, and bring you guys a, a preview of Saturday's Red Bulls game. So hopefully you guys found it informative with our guest, Mark. Uh, hopefully you guys got tickets for next month's final against the Open Cup. And uh, do you have any final thoughts, Chris? Listen, this has been a fun August, right? We got one trophy. We're expecting, hopefully, hoping to get one in September. We got a long string of regular season that's really got some heavy, heavy staked games. Um, a lot of stakes. A lot of stakes, guys, guys. People aren't going to be eating the bench, guys. This is full-blown 1,000 miles an hour. Let's go. Let's get this. Yeah, no, again, if, if this was a different opponent, I, I think that Busquets and Alba may be rest, but I think they, they're going to be necessary. So yeah. we'll see. All right. Um, <laughs> and and Richard Greenberg will we'll end up with this comment. When is the battered Herons viewing party at Tootsie's? I'll fly in for it. Uh, 
Nothing planned yet. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. We'll see if we plan something We'll like link that up. Out. We'll link up. All right. So if you were listening on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. Please comment, review, like, share, all that other good stuff. If you are watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Thank you, as always, for watching all the way to the end. And as always, for those of you guys in the chat, you guys are the best part of this show. Thanks again for tuning in, for participating in the show. And uh, episode 90, 10 away from 100, Chris. We got to figure something out to do for episode 100. Yes, we but do. we'll probably join you after the game on Saturday. So until then, have a good one. Peace. Oh, wait. And also, if you're looking for some Inter Miami gear, let him cook. Chef Hendo. Batterfans.com. What are you doing? Go ahead. Check it out. Buy some stuff. And again, until the next one, have a good one.